What happened to us? Well, we did The Bodyguard and no one liked it, so we're doing Waterworld. We used to be a podcast that did good films. We did The Godfather. We did De Niro, Pacino. We talked about the MCU. We've talked about so many great movies like Whiplash and Brigsby Bear and fucking Jurassic Park and Spielberg and all this kind of stuff. We're in the middle of a heat wave. Do you know what? This film's more relevant now than it's ever been in the history of it being made. This film needs to be seen by the people. This is an inconvenient truth, mate, that this is the future. People need to be studying this because this is a blueprint of the world to come where we're all fucking each other over for paper. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen, for the high-octane roller coaster ride that is episode 206 of Sorry in My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron, and each week I have the absolute pleasure the honour to talk movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. This week is an exception <laughs> because we're talking about the movie Waterworld. Mate, this film needs to be seen. Oh man, we did the Kevin Costner roller coaster that was Bodyguard recently. Yes. And surprisingly, not our greatest episode in terms of download figures. Which is, which is weird because it's one of the ones that I put so much effort into to make it listenable. <laughs> So maybe it's one that will age in time, unlike the movie. Yeah. Maybe it's one that people will find later down the line and will become a cult classic in the back catalogue of Sorry Must See. But we have, rest assured, we've done good films. We've talked about the MCU. We've talked about Star Wars. We've talked about great movies like Whiplash and Brigsby Bear and Jurassic Park. And we've talked to directors like Spielberg. And we've talked about Amy Adams and the, the you know, the crime and the, that she hasn't got an Oscar yet. And, you know, this podcast used to stand for something. Well, this film, we're going to dissect what at the time was seen as the most expensive film of all time. Now, I don't always do research, but I've done a bit here, and it was the most successful film of its age. It won awards. It won Oscars. It's Kevin Costner rejuvenated his career. It's seen as the great pinnacle of our age. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like a politician, Josie, about lies coming out of your mouth. It hurts more because it was the most expensive film I've made. Like, if you... Like, also, I don't understand how. If the ocean exists, go film out in it. <laughs> just <He's, laughs> the amount of effort they put into making this film and afterwards you just think, why? 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 We're talking about Waterworld from 1995. Uh, a movie that it sucked then, sucks now. And, you know, <laughs> spoilers. On the, on the quest to find the greatest films of all time, sometimes you have to take these roads. You know, sometimes the ship sinks. <laughs> we've done Super Mario Bros. You know, we've done Mortal Kombat. We've done Resident Evil. We do this for you. It's mostly a laugh. Um, thank you for downloading. Thank you for enjoying. Uh, if you like it, like, subscribe, leave a review. That'd be absolutely brilliant. Don't, don't judge us on this. Don't though. judge us on World War because <laughs> we're with you. It's crap. But we, let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Let's cherish the uh, the awesomely bad film that is World War starring Kevin Costner um, and uh, 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 what's it? Who else is in it? Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper's in it? Yeah. Janine Triplehorn's in it? That'll do. That'll do. That will do. <laughs> Right. Hey, come on. Did you see this film in the in the cinema? No, 95, I would have been eight. Um, I can't remember I can't really remember this film. I uh, no, I to me, no. this is a Sunday BBC one. It's like they would it's like every other week. They're like desperate for people to watch this Blockbuster. Film. I think Blockbuster. Possibly. I think I, I rented this movie. I did see it young, um, you know, before I knew any better. And 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 then we had it on video, I think. So it could have been a film that was on two or three times growing up. I think I might have seen it in the cinema purely because I remember even Blue Peter talking about this. Because from the bat, this is at the time was the most expensive film ever made. Uh, Universal built these sound stages, filled them with water, huge sets, filled them with water. Still, no one knows why the ocean exists. <laughs> Just go film out in that because a lot of this spoilers takes place on water. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, Waterwood, 
Should we start with a synopsis if someone hasn't seen it? So um, let's go through the movie. So The Mariner. The Mariner. The Mariner. I, let's go from IMDb's description of this movie. In a future where polar ice caps have melted and Earth is almost entirely submerged, a mutated Mariner fights starvation and outlaw smokers and reluctantly helps a woman and young girl try to find dry land. Reluctantly helps is a fucking thing. Finn Valor. He tries to murder them at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> Our hero. Our hero. <laughs> Our hero. This movie is bleak. Right off the bat, I know it's the most obvious comparison. It's Mad Max on water. Yeah. It literally is. Yeah. You've never seen so many smelly, dirty looking people in a movie when all <laughs> they need to do is just jump in the water for t- 10 minutes a day. Yeah. There are scenes of hordes of villains, these smokers, uh, you know, these bounty hunters, these. Um, slavers that you know the villains of the piece led by Dennis Hopper that you just think you're surrounded by water have a bath yeah just get in the water occasionally <laughs> <laughs> just it's right there um, well otherwise there's a scene where some of them are submerged they come out filthier <laughs> it's 1994 95 let's say 94 the writers are in the writers room mm. developing this this is Peter Rader uh, and David Tawai who made this movie it's Peter Rader in particular who went on to nothing after this um, why? <laughs> I don't know um, <laughs> You know, as we always say with writers, I always imagine typewriter, working late, Red Bull cans on the floor, cigarette smoking from an ashtray, you know, rolled up, sleeves sweating. One of them, Eureka moment, steps up from the typewriter. They've hit the gold. They've hit the Mm. jackpot, James. In this case, ice caps have melted. Yeah. The world is engulfed by water. Yeah. Humans, the last of humanity, Mm. scrambling on the top of this water. Yeah. How's that work? Well, if the next two and a half hours, you'll find out. Two and a half, and that's the director's <laughs> cut. Or should I say the Kevin Costa cut? Because the director of this movie, Kevin Reynolds, left the movie halfway through it. It's a 175 million production, which in the early 90s, or mid-90s, sorry, was a was a huge, huge investment in a film. Well, uh, I had Kevin Costner, mate, A-lister at the time. He, he wasn't going to do anything wrong. After this, he stepped into the award-winning role, The Postman, which is, which is like Mad Max, but set... You know, sorry, it's like Waterworld, but set on desert, so Mad Max. But instead of driving a cool car, he delivers post. What a hero. <laughs> what a hero. In this case, Waterworld, a film where right off the bat, you need to leave your brain cells at the door because I don't know much about the human species, James, and I studied human biology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need substance to survive. You yeah. need organic substance, whether that be uh, no. your protein, what? carbohydrates, and fats right. as our primary energy source. What about, what is, okay, then how long has time passed? Because this is another thing this film can't decide, is how long has it been since the world was submerged? Because nobody knows. They talk about us, they talk about the nows as elders, but paper still exists, despite the fact that paper biodegrades over something like, something like ridiculous, like 120 years, it's gone. Or how about mutations taking millions and millions of years? But, you know, the rust on these things, the, the planes are still goable, jet skis, no one's making them. Mm. These are ones that are left over. And that, yeah, there I, you go. I, that's that's my point. That's my problem with what will. The timeline doesn't make sense. <laughs> Other than that, it's a perfect. Oh, film. It's scientifically <laughs> accurate. Yeah, you know, and and this is the idea that that you know the world that we know it is miles under the you know Spoilers, at the ocean mate. floor. Spoilers. But, so where's all this stuff come from? Oh, where has it come from? I get that. I get that. Kevin Costner spoilers might be able to get down there. Mm. Um, but how's everyone else got all this other They'd stuff? Trading, mate. I don't know. When years. Dennis Hopper loses an eye, yeah. straight away straight, eye patch. Yeah. Where did he get that from? Well, they're, they're goggles, but only one of them's got coloured glass. Where did he get the goggles from? I don't know. Where did he get a tanker from? <laughs> tanker with holes in it. Where did he get all the cigarettes from? I don't. I genuinely don't know. 
and he starts throwing them out. VAT on them cigarettes now. I never be able to sell them. Yeah. To get them. If this film does not, none, none of this film makes sense. Yeah. You literally have to leave your brain cells at the door and, and there should just be, before the film starts, before Universal Pictures logo shines on the screen, it should, it should be just say, the bottom, <laughs> you should just, just go with it. Just go with what this film is telling you. I'm going to sense that you're not a fan. I wasn't a fan then. I'm not a fan now. I didn't want to do this. You fucking twisted me into doing it. I just sent you a text to go, dare we do, dare we do what, what? And you went, what's it on? I went Netflix. I went, yeah, all right. I only did it because I realised how much Jack Daniels I've got. And I thought we could make this not interesting. I poured a very healthy glass before recording. Let's get on with this shit show that is Waterworld. We've been harsh to movies before. And I always say it's a bit tongue in cheek. That's it's supposed to be hard. funny. When we did Super Mario Brothers, Dennis Hopper, what was going on in the 90s? You know, I know Speed came in 94. So what? Mario Brothers, Speed. And he was like, can't have too much good. Let's get back into what I imagine it involves some sort of, he owed money. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of drug that kingpin. Ki- that kitchen was looking a bit old. <laughs> right. Are you ready for quite possibly an experience of a lifetime? And I think generations now should watch this film because we don't want a future where Kevin Costner's got girls. Yes. <laughs> so do not create water world, save the ice save the, the ice caps. This is exactly yeah, this is exactly the kind of film as well where someone now who's very kind of woke and, and grew up with this movie um kind of goes, We we need to turn this into a six part miniseries. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, we don't. So you you you're a huge fan of like Logan, so you won't watch The Mariner <laughs> about an old man lost at sea. It's Kevin Costner. He's done with humanity because it's all, you know, spoilers. They found dry land. They've come off the sea. He's the only man, the last mariner. <laughs> Saving the this. last mariner. No. Black and white. <laughs> the, only, the only time I'd watch that is if is if the film starts, if someone told me the film starts, Costner walking up to the beach. He's got his linen trousers rolled up ankle deep, but he still lets water seep into those that, that, that hem of that trouser. Mm-hmm. Lights a cigarette. And he smokes it through his gill. <laughs> then, then, then I'm going to watch spoilers. His, his gill behind his ear. <laughs> then I'm watching it. Then I'm watching this film. You ready? Yeah. You sit down. The universal logo is displayed. But suddenly it changes as the ice at the North Pole melts and covers the earth in a rising sea. And the narrator explains to us, welcome to Waterworld. Next, we meet Kevin Costner. <laughs> Our nameless hero throughout this movie, he's pissing in a jar, putting it through a machine and then drinking it. He spits a little out to water his only friend, a little plant. I feel like this is a metaphor about the film in question. Yeah, <laughs> the film starting with Kevin Costner taking a piss is the biggest the, the biggest hint to what you're about to see. <laughs> Even though he just took a massive shit. <laughs> just, just, just a dump. Yeah. He uses a machine type thing to set a ball bearing timer as he goes under the water to do stuff. Stuff. We then spend a minute having close up shots of the things before the ball bearing machine goes off and we witness many moving parts of the many various machines. Yay for machines. These are main characters. (laughs) Because we see stuff happen fucking constantly throughout this film. If you're into yachts and sailing. Yes. And those people that kind of like sail around the world and do these like races where, you know, it, it. Waterworld heavily kind of implies that his his vehicle is, is that. A, is a, yeah. um, and it's got that steampunky Mad Max edge. Mm. I think you would go into the first opening 10 minutes of this movie after watching Kevin Costner take a pee, and I would say, doesn't look dehydrated by the colour of that urine. No, no, that's true. Yeah, I've, I don't think you're going to be disappointed just yet. Also, this is something that confuses me. I know it's a spoiler, but it's implied that he obviously needs high, they call water hydro in here, drinkable hydro. Um, he's a fish. Why does he need hydro? Because some, is he a 
Is he fresh fish? Mewen? He's a, he's a, he's a <laughs> salmon, James. He's having sisters of the salmon. He's always looking for the upstream. Oh. <laughs> Costner services with the best haul yet, a pair of scabby shoes and a lighter. Fucking score. When he arrives back, he notices another drifter in another ship next to his. Mm. They talk, chatting about the code of trading when they are joined by two jet skis belonging to the smokers. Ooh. The drifter boasts that he stole the fruit of his best mate. This sends Costner mental. He swings about five feet and begins touching the different machines around and sails start popping out, shooting out everywhere while upbeat music happens. So we as an audience assume this is a good thing. He grabs his loot, breaks the drifter ship, leaving him to get murdered by the smokers. Our hero. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Our hero. So the, the, the drifter did steal his lemons. I'm going to go lemons. I'm yeah. going to go whatever that was that he was growing on that ship. For lemons. And that guy's like, I didn't, I didn't board your ship. I didn't, I didn't touch yeah. it. I was, I, there was a, there was a time limit. You've come up. I was going to, I was just giving you yeah. another minute. And you then know. the is like, I was going to shoot you. Uh, you know, I've seen your ship before, but I mm. didn't see you before. And the guy's like, well, it's the same thing. Happened. Find keepers. Find keepers. And I, was, like, I was literally floating. And the guy, I was, I was floating and I found the ship. And the guy was like, oh, do you know what then? Then we got a trade. Mm. <laughs> and the guy forced and the drifter's like, I don't want it. He's like, no, we trade. <laughs> we trade. You got something to hide. What I don't get is, I know that the, the let's, let's address it now, the smokers, yes. the proper Mad Max characters, yes. the petrol heads. Yes. How are they that far out from wherever they fuel up their um, jet skis? I've got this written down, actually. Um, I don't care. <laughs> Do I, don't, I don't know about a jet ski, James, but I don't think they're the kind of, they're the kind of vehicle that you would cross oceans on. No. Well, maybe. 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 We don't know. We don't well, know. You know. I've got a question for you. I, I feel like you're not feeling the nautical theme. You're not, you're not into it. You're not a fan. No. I'm going to try and get you in there. Right. I'm not saying I hate water. Right. Just <laughs> Why did one fish slap the other? I don't know. To snap her out of it. Okay. Which fish has the worst haircut? No. The mullet. No? Okay. Hey, you, you can't just be throwing around fish jokes for the halibut. <laughs> How many tuna does it take to screw in a light bulb? Oh. They don't. They call it an electric eel. <laughs> oh, mate. Why isn't the bachelor fish married? Because he has intimacy issues. <laughs> How do selfish take photos? Oh. With a clamorer. No? <laughs> when is it time for a fish to go to the eye doctor? When they're having trouble seeing. <laughs> What's it called when a fish can't carry a tune? They're tuna deaf. <laughs> these are bad. These, these I mean, are, I these, brought bad jokes to this podcast. These are worse than the water. So I'm just saying, comparison. And, you know, how can you tell the push, the puffer fish had too much salt at dinner? He's looking bloated. No? Mate. All right, then. Okay. Are you, are you in a nautical thing? Yeah. If you laughed at any of them, you need to leave us a review for this podcast, talking about how good we are. <sighs> he shows up at a floating city, <laughs> but they won't let him in because fuck him. It's Kevin Costner. But he shows them dirt and they go mental. Mate, they love a fucking jar of dirt, don't they? So he sells the pure dirt as a guy tastes it for purity. <laughs> so did he have that trade before the world ended? 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so he must have had his mouth around a lot of dirt. Yeah. Or I love the fact he's just, he's just like, it's, it's like cocaine, they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's just a massive dealer. So it gives the idea that like the, the ocean is endless and Kevin mm. Costner is out there on his own for long periods of time, comes across these bounty hunters, these smokers, evil, like, you know, uh, murderers on the sea. It's a very cutthroat world by the sounds of it. Yes. You don't trust anyone you come across. He goes to a city, a town, a floating... Um, a twelve, they call it. Yeah, a place where you really need a tetanus jab before you yes. dock. And his bargaining trip is a jar of dirt. Yeah. Again, who wrote this fucking film? But I don't understand is, is jar of dirt is really awesome if you believe in Dreyland and it's kind of a proof of it. But if you are, I don't know, the manager... What does that give you? It's like, oh, we've got dirt now. Like, great. Let's put it in the ocean. No, yeah. we've got nowhere to put it. It's like, fuck it. Throw it in the water. We'll start building an island. Oh, no, it's gone to the bottom. Oh, shit. We'll wait till we get another jar of dirt. Yeah. But that guy who, like, tastes it and rubs it in his gums, like the cocaine scene. Yep. The fuck did they find that guy? <laughs> like, I hope that was his special talent on earth before the ice caps melted. Yeah. So I'm never going to get a job in the new world. <laughs> now, wait there. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hey, come on. Let's believe. Next, we meet Hulk Hogan's brother. He was questioning people about a girl with a tattoo on her back. Hashtag not Sabretooth. Some say it's a map to dry land. At the store slash bar, Costner comes in and scoffs at the place. Hulk Hogan tries to get him to buy water, which Costner refuses. So Hulk Hogan asks him about his boots, which Costner refuses to respond. And then he mentions he should have a fresh water bath. What I'm trying to say is Hulk Hogan's trying to bang Costner. <laughs> he's, trying, he's obviously the villain. But it comes across as a bit salty. <laughs> so, have you noticed uh, this, that's Jared Murphy? Do you know him in anything else? Um, fairly certainly doesn't play Sobertooth. He doesn't, but he is in Batman Begins. I, he do you the, know what? He's got an older face. He's the judge, the corrupt judge, uh, during the whole Bruce Wayne's parents killing trial. Ah. And then when Bruce Wayne goes to Tom Wilkinson in the bar and he's like, I like a kid. You got spunk. Or he's like, he's like, he turns around and yeah, he's like, I've and got the, judges. And the judge is there in the booth. That is Gerald Murphy. What else has he done? Is it just this? That's it, James. Come on, let's, let's, <laughs> don't fucking pull my trivia any I'm more like, than that. No, I'm just saying, because no one's career, if you look at everyone's career, this is the stopping cap. <laughs> he's, the, he's the only one that seemed to get like a bit of a career out of it. <laughs> uh, after buying everything in the store, he tries to leave, but he's stopped by a group known as the Elders. They say incest is great and all, but occasionally they need to branch out. Um, this oh, you're missing the point where he's used his crips, yeah. or whatever the currency is now. Who to, made that up? To buy another plant. To buy a tomato plant. Yeah. And the shelves, because there's nothing on the shelves. Yeah. And we're introduced with uh, Janine Triplehorn. Yep. Who you might know is from a TV series you've started watching, Terminal List. Oh, yeah. She's in Terminal. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And uh, You're right, I avoided all that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Tina Magino, who is the little girl with the tower at the back, Enola, yeah, thanks. Really bad name. <laughs> really bad name for a character. As a joke, I've called her a bolo, but it's not funny. <laughs> well, that's what I meant. That's, that's why, yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, this talk of inbreeding doesn't quite do it for Costner, so he declines. The elders immediately think him a smoker spy, a smoker spy because who would turn down this awkward proposal? Did homosexuality not survive this far? Can gay men not swim? So this is, this is the bit, though, we're in the movie. Mm-hmm. Two things happen very early on. One, I'm about to, one, one, I'm getting ahead of myself. But they reveal the gill thing Wait, mine's, mine's, way earlier than I thought they did. I thought that was like halfway through the movie when they revealed that. that yeah, thing. but that's only as a kid because you don't realize how long it is. And I definitely, as a kid, never got this next bit that the Asian couple are worried that if there's too many Asian 
yeah, they're population. So they need, and that they need that's these, in a film that does not warrant that level of deep, like kind of uh, social narrative. They need a reason for him to like get smushed up so someone could look at his ears. But they could have done that in a million <laughs> other ways. Could have you know, like it could have looked the wrong way at someone like a Western movie. Yeah, or someone's just gone, you, you know, get Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing if someone just went you got guilt and he went yes I mean no no, 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 no. <laughs> turn to me no <laughs> someone would have made more oh, sense they go through a guild detector oh. and, it, and it just starts beeping <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean like so that's a pretty deep there's a bit of fish there's, there's, there's a, a, <laughs> the you'd sit so you're a, yeah. you're a fish <laughs> there, there, that's, there's a pretty fucking uh deep story there about the Asian couple they're like please impregnate my fucking daughter and then and then fuck off yeah yeah. Um, he is detained but fights back but he's then caught a guard notices gills on the back of his ear the place jumps off as people demand his death fuck this person who can breathe underwater what a useless skill shouldn't this fucker be offered more women or men in a world of water isn't this a fucker a god <laughs> it's like you can't survive underwater this man can train him up yeah, chain him. I would up. have in a world that is that is like ninety eight percent water, and you've got someone who can breathe underwater. He's my friend. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like let let's <coughs> let's not have like the guy that can like light fires. Mm. Let's have the guy who can swim <laughs> underwater and hold his breath for a long time. That's the guy I want. As Costner sits in his cell, dangling over some mud that recycles your body waste, he notices his boat get ransacked. Hulk Hogan leaves with Costner's boots and we finally meet Gregor. Gregor is friend of Helen, the store owner, and Enola, the girl with a tattoo to Dryland who Helen looks after. Gregor asks him about Dryland and where to find it, but Costner tells him to go suck a neck. <laughs> <laughs> Next day, Fishfingers is sentenced to death and is slowly lowered into the mud thing, but inches before the mud, the smokers attack en masse. A group of grimy, smelly men who use diesel engines to navigate Waterworld, led by Deacon, played by awesome actor Dennis Hopper. Right. Why Why are they... They've got guns, we've established this. Yes. They have rope to hang. Yes. Why are they like, oh, your punishment is, we're going to dip you in the custard? Oh, the good guys don't have guns. They've got harpoons. Well, they've still got a, they've still got a mechanism yeah, that could kill a person. They, because, because they need to recycle the fish gills. <laughs> Where do they get the where do they get the custard mud from? I don't know where they got the custard mud from. Do you think I wrote this? Why? I didn't pick this. I said, should we do it? And you agreed. You're you're in this with me. I was moving house. I was delusional. I was tired. <laughs> with the heat, James. We're fifty fifty percent to blame for this. <laughs> so many questions and no answers whatsoever. I do at this point of the movie though, I was shocked that the gills were revealed so soon because I thought that. That, I'm with that's you. a I deal thought breaker. Was, I thought it was like on. half an hour. So yeah, like you've got nothing else to give now, Costner. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that about your whole filmography. Like the moment your gills revealed, the web feet thing, I'm like, why ain't he got web hands? He does have web feet. Yeah, so, but why ain't he got web hands as well? Because he's got, because he's, I don't know, he's not a full, his mum was a fish. <laughs> his dad was a, I just like to point out though, at this point, he doesn't do any emotive acting. He's very bog standard. So in his career saying, or so, in, no, in, this in this film? So right now, he's more believable as a fish than he is an actor. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair. Because <laughs> when was the last time you saw a fish emote? <laughs> to be honest, I haven't. That's true. I've not, I've not really seen a fish. Uh... But then Dennis Hopper, at, least, jaws, at least Dennis Hopper knows what he signed oh, up for. He's, I like Dennis Hopper because even in the shittest film, he'll still give you 129 billion percent. Yeah. He and, doesn't care. And, and there's this joke as well, in it, where everyone's his cousin yeah. in this, which is, again, you know, like the, the kind of the world that they live in now. He's like, cousin. And then the next person is like, cousin. <laughs> Everyone is a cousin to him. Yeah. Um, 
Dennis Hopper knew the movie he signed up to do. He knew the the, the level to doubt. He's got experience. He's just done Super Mario Brothers. He, he, he He's like, how much... This movie... Pick up Dino Hatton, James, put it on water. Just like, not far away. Just like to point out that Dennis Hopper, what did you say? There's only like a few years between this and Super Mario Brothers. He's mm. aged considerably. It's yeah, a, well, Super really Mario Brothers and Speed will do that to you. <laughs> it's really weird that that his three films are Super Mario Brothers Speed, which I still maintain is one of the best action films of all time. And this, this whole shit. You've got to balance it out, haven't you? But this this whole scene as well is is, as to be honest, up until this scene as well, I was quite shocked. It's a twelve, yeah. So because you, you've got you it know, was you, that era though where you yeah you're twelve you could you've got push. the cutthroat like nature of the ocean you know with the scavenger that he meets at the beginning you you've clearly incest. see you, yeah you've got incest you've got um you know stabbings you got people that are being stabbed in the scene you've got um torture scenes mm. you know you've got uh, scenes of implied impregnation yeah you know, and and it's like okay and that's not even mentioned the worst thing that happens later so mm. yeah. and it's a 12 it's a 12 throwback to the time when you could get away with all this you shit could as well. get away with that right they attack with synchronized displays straight out of a theme park while using world war ii technology to pepper the city the smokers are using fire and guns while the heroes fight back with water cannons and a plucky attitude. <laughs> That's who getting the shit kicked out of him. Somehow, this fighting has caused Gregor's hot air balloon to fill and there was no way for it to stop, so he leaves, abandoning Enola and Helen. Good for you. <laughs> well done, mate. You're doing the right thing. I do like that. I like to think that all the guards on the on the shelf, on the shelf, on the walls are like, more plucky attitude. <laughs> give, him, give him a smile, boys. Yeah, that'll defeat him. On his way out, Deacon orders the balloon is shot down, but they accidentally kill a jet skier that was jumping across, and then they just give up shooting the balloon. <laughs> it's just like they that stop. It. It it's, just like... Shot. it's out of reach now. Bullets can't reach that eye. <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain Birdseye falls into the mud, and all hope is lost. Thank God. The film was shit, but at least it wasn't that long. Imagine it ended there. Kevin Costner died on the custard. Finn. It's a 30 minutes an Art Deco movie. You'd be like, fucking hell, I wouldn't want to live in Waterworld, would you? No, I don't understand why it cost 173 million. <laughs> but oh no, Helen saves Costner on the understanding he gets Helen and Ebola out of there and to dry land. Cost- I love this scene as well. Pulls him out of the custards and he's like, I'll let you out of this cage if you take us with you. And mm. he just goes, okay. Yeah. Well, what do you want him to do? A moat? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I know that. I know he's, he's our fish and, and that, but... A bit of gratitude, I maybe. Still, I still don't understand why he needed to go to the city because he didn't pick anything up from the city. Them shelves. He needed them shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, Costner, Costner accepts and using his many, many apparatus, he's able to get out. There's a great scene here where he asks uh, Helen if she can drive the ship and she asks, can I trust you? Well, yeah, he's, you're out. He saved you. <laughs> he did what he said he was going to do, to be fair to the fish. Um, he harpoons a gunship and rotates it so he gets to fire on Deacon's ship. Aquaman is able to get away. This is this is nice Aquaman, isn't it, Kevin Costner? Deacon, so Deacon's lost an eye now. Deacon interrogates the survivors, learning that Enola was on board the ship that escaped. Meanwhile, Captain Seaweed decides that he can only save one and decides to throw the little girl overboard. I hear everyone. This is the scene, isn't it? So you've got all this like, you're 20, 25, 30 minutes into a two and a half hour movie. You've got yeah. this big, big set piece you can tell it was a really, at the time, expensive set, out on water, blowing up explosions, jet skis, fire, flames, bullets. God knows where they got the bullets from as well. Yeah. You know, I do, there is one thing that explains it, is after they fire it, they pick them back up again. Which, don't get me wrong, so it's implied that they're just shooting like casings, they're not actual real bullets, which is cool. As in, it's a 
two second clip in a two hour film, which I thought, oh, that's I'm cool. pretty certain that that doesn't work though uh, in, in real life. Oh, do you think, oh, is the film not 100% accurate? I was like, let's fire the shell again. <laughs> Just, like, if you, if you could fire the shell, James, it would have gone the first time. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't care. I imagine they're melting it down to more bullets or they've got oh, a plan or whatever it may be. But uh, I think I've looked into this way too much. But you've gone through all that. And then the, the film, this is the point in, a, in an action movie where you have to. You have to settle in. You have to give it some breathing space. You've got to let a little bit of character development, relationship builds. You've got to let a bit of story involve, you know, like who is this person and why are they doing it? You know, now it's the first time where they can interact with someone yeah. to get a bit of backstory, to oh. get a bit of... Oh. None of that though, James. I was going to say, what well, did that don't happen? We, none of that. No, that's going to happen. <laughs> that we, we're now on, on, uh, on, on Kevin Costner's cruise ship. Yep. He's sailing away with the two people that saved him and he really doesn't want them there. Yeah, he doesn't. Um... So he's trying to kill the little girl, but Helen offers herself up for sexual use. But Tuna and Sweetcorn just declines and instead <laughs> threatens to throw them both overboard. So Helen holds a harpoon gun to him. This enrages Costner, who drops a sail on her and beats the piss out of her with a shovel. Clubs her with an oar, mate. Which I love I, as well. I love when I'm laughing at this. Of Kevin I, I, Costner beating the piss out of her. I love the idea as well that like at some point the wind stops and he's no longer able. So he's like, fuck it, I'll have to row. I'll have to row <laughs> this big ship. in a circle. <laughs> yeah. No, he does one one side, then he runs to the other side of the ship and he does the other. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Then suddenly an Ola appears, stares at him and Costner backs down like the crab sticks he really is. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Deacon is getting a new eye installed on his hauler base. He is not a big fan. He travels across the base, handing out cigarettes in a car. I don't know how the car is on the boat, but don't question it. With Dan O'Hatton all over this film. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's a good point. They arrive at the fuel tank, which is manned by a single frail old man who lives on a rayboat sailing on a lake of fuel. That that bit's really dark. I'd as like well, to point out, it? I do actually quite like that. I I think that's funny. It, the payoff layer, that's funny. Yeah, there's a guy down there, and he's he's like keeping an eye on the amount of petrol, diesel, oil, whatever it is that yeah. they're using to power. And th this whole this whole city as well is like th this is straight out of the '80s, isn't it? Yeah. Th th that could be that could be Detroit in Robocop in like the dirtiest part of town. It could be Dino Hatton. It's got that feel to it, doesn't it? I just don't know anyone would sleep. Mm. And also Demolition Man. Remember Demolition yes. Man when they go underground? Yes. And and it's got that feel to that life that's under there. Well, I the fuel hauler will have different levels, so I don't understand how a car gets down one. So surely he can only drive a car on one on one level. I like when he gets in the car as well, he goes he says, Oh, step on it, don't take the scenic route. Like yeah. there's a better way there that's longer. Anyway, come on. Meanwhile, on the boat of peace and harmony, SpongeBob loses his shit when he notices that Anola has been drawing all over his boat. And I'm on his side with this one. Elena comes up to Costner, not to apologise, but to berate him for killing people. I'm not being funny, but fuck you, kid. Right. <laughs> also, he killed people to save your life. In Anola's a kid. She finds some crayons. Yeah. There is a missing line in this where Fishman goes, they're my crayons. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, or like... <laughs> because <laughs> like, he snaps his off yeah. he's, like, he's, he's very against her using his crayons and I just really wish there's a bit where he's like what I tell you about using the red <laughs> you're going to use it all up yeah you can use the white because you can't really see it you can't, you can't use the red it's my favourite so Costner responds in the only Codner. way Costner responds in only in the only way possible. He throws that fucker in the ocean. <laughs> Mate, she can't swim. Helen jumps in after her. That's our hero, everyone. You know what? It wasn't good, but it wasn't that long. It's all right. Oh, but no. 
Squidward turns his boat around and saves them. Turns out Enola can't swim. She can't swim on a planet that is all water. On Waterworld, no one taught her how to swim, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's implied as well that she's a bit different, a bit kooky. So no one just went, maybe you should still learn how to swim and still be kooky. You can, you have the option of being both. But suddenly, Jack Plack shows up. Jack Plack. <laughs> shows up. That is Jack Plack. Shows up in a smoker plane and shoots the place up. Careful not to hit the girl, he says, as the girl nearly shot. Helen takes charge and uses the ship's harpoon gun to fire at the plane. It hits, but attaches to the plane, ripping out the huge harpoon gun and getting trapped in some equipment. Due to a series of events, half the boat is destroyed. Costner is launched from the boat, but the plane is, you know, let go. Cod boy goes mental, brandishing a knife. He holds the girls down and cuts their own. He needs new rope. I didn't get that as a kid, neither. That's pretty savage as well. Costner's like, look, you fucked up my boat. When you harpooned the plane. So I'm Cracking shot, by the way. Yeah, it was an amazing shot. He doesn't mention that, does he? No, he doesn't. He'd be like, look, I'm mad, but I'm also quite fucking, you know, I feel like I've got to, you know, tell you that was a good shot. Yeah. But I'm going to take you here for this. That's a bit weird. He's like, your punishment is a really shit. <laughs> and then you don't really see the rope that he makes out of the hair, which I feel like is. Is, is that a bit what of a, it is? I think that's get, why he took the hair. Yeah. I, I just thought he's been a cock. <laughs> I know. I think he took the hair because he needs to fix his sail. Oh. Well, that, that's what I took from it anyway. Mate, do you know what? That's fine. Our hero, that's what I've bought. But don't we should write to Universal and the writers and get like a, a statement. We'll just get a thank you for finally, someone finally watched it. Someone, <laughs> someone finally got the, the deeper intricacies of Waterworld. Anyway, that was our hero, but don't worry, it gets much worse. Costner comes across another drifter and they begin to trade a necklace for a fishing rod. But maybe there's more. The drifter asks if Costner will sell his women for a bit of paper. Costner fucking loves that idea. That <laughs> is the deal of the century. Our hero. It's problematic because he's a hero. He's just sold these girls. It's 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 awkward because I think the, the drifter played by that actor whose name I always forget. He he's he does a really good job. The idea that he's been out at sea for so long, he's near death, starving. He's crazy and does probably the best job of acting because luckily he's only in it for six minutes. So you know, praise to it. But it's it's an awkward scene that as a child you also you know something's wrong, but you don't realize until you're much older how fucking wrong it is. And he's like, I need forty five minutes with a girl because I like to explain. I like to I like the words. And you're like, eh, it's a twelve. It's a twelve. But the paper doesn't excite him like it used to. So he tries to call the trade off. The drifter doesn't take it kindly in a two fight to the death, I think. I don't really know because the drifter appears with a little bit of blood and closes his eyes. So I assume he's dead. They ransack the drifter's boat and steal all the shit like the heroes they are. It's um, Kim Coates, isn't it? Kevin Coates. Was he in... Um, oh, he's in loads of things. Was he in Sons of Anarchy? He's Sons of Anarchy. He's probably his biggest role, but he's in like yeah. the Goonies. He appears in everything. Oh, he's the henchman. Right. Are you ready? I can't actually, I can't believe, yeah, you, you skirted over Jack Black is in this film. Yeah, did you not? Do you think I was joking? Yeah, no, no, I did. I, I did. I, I just, I, I knew that he was, he was the pilot in, in that plane scene. But yeah. thinking I mean, about it, Jack I, Black's been in a load of shit films. Yeah, Jack Black still, is in somehow this film is still better than Governor's Travels. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's official. Mm. Next, the calamari man throws himself into the ocean and uses stuff to kill a giant, laughable CGI monster. <laughs> Yeah, that comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, I love the fact that they've been in the water several times, but this has never come up. But now it's convenient. But later on, he's like, they're sleeping. So he must know these guys. Like, to him, that's probably just Barry. Because <laughs> he knows him. Probably just went under the water. He's like, Barry. Yeah, I'm hungry. The next morning, Helen awakens to find Costner has thrown Ilona back in the ocean, but this time to show her how to swim. Oh, for heaven's sake. This goes on for too long. 
so, so long. Just, but also we get close-ups and then we get further away shots, but then we get closer shots. Wait, is he becoming more fatherly? Is he warming to like, these, uh, to his, to the people that he's got on his boat? Mm, I'd like to point out at this point, so normally when I watch a play-by-play, I stop it, write down what's happened, stop it. So to watch a two-hour film, it'll take me something like four, three or four hours. I wasn't doing that for this one, but I did have to stop for a piss and I noticed there's still a fucking hour left of this film. Mate, more than that. Fucking hell, it's two hours and 47 minutes oh, or something. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, they visit an outpost, but Filio Fish can sense something. Fishy. <laughs> <laughs> he notices oil or blood in the ocean. It's never... He just touches it and smells it, but don't worry about it. He then goes downstairs and through the spyglass notices people... Oh, sorry. Uh, and through the spyglass notices people waving, but there's also several hanging corpses. So if the smokers have gotten on board, they've rigged up people to wave, but they haven't done anything about the dead bodies on the lower level. Yeah, and the other thing is just clean up. Yeah. Just, just jump in the water. We've said this at the beginning of the film. Clean up so you, like... You don't need to set up the like the elaborate kind of like you could just have normal people Harry Malone style kind of cutouts or, or human bodies moving around to give the illusion that they're all alive. Like fuck, come on. Um, Costner uses an underwater spyglass to see underwater smokers, and so he pisses right off, causing Deacon to lose it. Using lots of movement and equipment from the boat, Costner is somehow able to lose the smokers, but he didn't count on Deacon, who from fucking miles away is able to shoot Costner in the back. Is our hero in peril? No, don't really come up again. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. I do. So this that that scene as it you're struggling at this point of a movie to create action in an otherwise quite dreary film. Like you know, you're away from the 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 civilization, the township, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I think is it called a toll or whatever it is. It is. Toll, yeah. So you're away from that, and now now it is just them on a boat, and yep. they, they do they they realize at this point of the movie. They need an action sequence, which is the the jet skiers once again hiding underwater, the smokers, um, trying to stop the ship. And it shows you how badass this ship is. You know, yeah. Batman has Batmobile, you know, Kevin Costner's Fishman has this boat, you know, that can lean on its side if you all run over one side. It's a good thing he had the woman and the girl, to be honest. <laughs> it was right, otherwise but then again, they would be haunting him. So. I remember watching this the other night thinking... Fucking like, you know, cause you need to inject some action into this action movie and they do the best in this sequence to try and do that. What comes next is the, the if you didn't think this film was unforgivable, it's when, and I may be jumping the gun, it's when Dennis Hopper and his crew mm. are looking at a map, which they've got, which mm. they've drawn, which they've found, yeah. whatever. And they go, yeah, you must be heading here. Yeah. How? You know, that's all based on the fact. So, so that's happened just before this. He says, after the after the running with Jack Black, because Jack Black doesn't die, his plane gets. Mm. I thought his plane exposed, but then Jack Black is there. He, the guy Hulk Hogan says, "How do you know where he's going?" And then Dennis Hopper says, "Because Hulk Hogan says he could be going anywhere." This was his bearing, but he could have changed it. And, and uh, Deacon says, "No, because he'll expect he'll expect us to think he's changed course, but that means he's kept this course." And I was like, "Oh, that's fucking." I lucky, thought that then. was coming up later when no. they when they commandeer his ship because no. how do they know where he is then? Well, I'll tell you why. Because barely minutes away from the last scene, barely minutes away, Costner and Helen argue about dry land. Turns out that Costner was lying and has never seen it. This upsets Helen, who demands to know where all the cool shit on his boat came from. Cool shit? Have a word? So Costner gets out yet more equipment and takes Helen under the water, further below than anyone dared dream, imagine, down to a land of the forgotten ancients where our civilization, Vestas, 
Due to his gills and fish-like resistance to water <laughs> pressure, he shows her the world below and even grabs up some dessert. Dessert dirt? Fucking hell. <laughs> well, well, apparently in this world that is a dessert. <laughs> she just fucking pulls out a banana daiquiri, <clears throat> mate. They resurface and Helen is mightily upset. They then look behind him and Hulk Hogan and Deacon are on their ship and they are surrounded by smokers. What fucking idiots. Maybe you should have travelled further than three minutes before you stopped and decided to go for a swim. Also, every time he's gone swimming, a fucking drifter has appeared and shit has happened. So maybe stay on your fucking boat. It's good advice, James. Also, but then if you're a fishman with gills, you probably why don't you just stay in the water? Why has he ever come up for air? He's only half fish. <laughs> All right, we'll come up and get a breath and go back down again. Just live underwater. I did. Uh, when, when I was talking about the action scene at the beginning, I did have a sentence where I was like, I couldn't do it justice. He dolphins around the place. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. Because I'm fairly certain, I've, in my head, I played the dolphin noise. <laughs> it's like, like eh. <laughs> what's that dolphin? I don't know. <laughs> What's a dolphin sound like? Can't believe there, it. there is a scene. There, yeah, there is a, a pole over that that place is called. Where, <laughs> where he jumps in the water and he, he kind of Kevin Costner away. <laughs> Acrobans it across, and then he jumps out of the water. It's kind of it's, if you if you blink if you squint out of one eye and don't look out the other, it's kind of like that scene in Free Willy. Yeah. Where he jumps out of the water. Yeah, I see that. Um, Deacon and Hulk Hogan kidnap Elona, but before they can kill Helen and Flounder, Flounder throws them under and makes out with her. This allows them to breathe for both of them. But what does but that doesn't make sense to me, Aaron? Explain it to me. I'm He's not... a fish. How does that help? Can I go underwater and kiss a fish and somehow breathe underwater? Because why aren't more scuba divers doing that? Just so like, they, they train Marines to do that. That's how Marines do it, James. <laughs> you wouldn't know this stuff because obviously you haven't kissed a fish before. <laughs> When they resurface, the boat has been torched and they give up. Our heroes, everyone. In this moment of reflection, when all hope is lost, Helen has but one question. She asks, when I offered you sex, why did you turn me down? <laughs> yeah. Is that really the time, Helen, you horn dog? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I was right at the breaking point of this scene where he's like, I'm so fucking pissed off. <laughs> it's when he sees his crayons are melted. Yeah. That's he's like, oh, fuck it, now you've really pissed me off. I them crayons. Um, oh, they get it on. They get it on in the burnt-out hull. Costner then goes through his burnt-out hull and notices that the pictures Elena drew are the same as his secret treasure, a National Geographic magazine. So, oh my God, she has seen dry land. Like, oh my God. But we as an audience already know this because we've seen it. <laughs> Why else would she be drawing palm trees? You've seen Horses. This, and This is a moment, mate, that's not that impressive. Maybe if you just paid attention. Suddenly, Gregor shows up, laughs a lot, and then takes them to meet the survivors of the city that was attacked what seems a hundred hours ago. Now, what I love about this is I like to think Gregor's been there for a while. He's <laughs> 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 just watching him, mate, because, you know, it's Waterworld. It's Waterworld. <laughs> Costner goes after Elena all on his own against the smokers who are currently planning to skin the tattoo off her back and scratch it and stretch it, and I'm all for that. Because why, why are they still trying to read on this girl? <laughs> this is the uber creeper scene, isn't it? When Dennis Hopper kind of goes, he's like, take these chains off. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry about that, cousin. What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just proper fucking, I'm getting nonce themes. <laughs> well, Costner climbs up the side of the old oil tanker using conveniently placed holes on the hull while Deacon gives a speech about finding dry land and ripping down its trees and damming up rivers. Hmm. Sounds like there's a message here. <laughs> anyway, what I love about here is Kevin Costner's climbed up the hall. 
seen that his his boat has been noticed, so he just jumps down off the hull again. <laughs> just what a waste of time it was climbing up that eye, you pillock. Anyway, the crew of smokers loves this shit. They scream and holler, and they're on their way to begin rowing. Mm, mm, mm. Enola, meanwhile, gives Hulk Hogan a speech about how Costner kills little girls. Right, I'd like to point out, this is what I imagine Costner, he replays this scene in his head just before he's about to ejaculate. He kills little girls, he doesn't have a name, so death can't find him. Doesn't have a home or people to care for. He's fast and strong like the wind. He can see 100 miles away and he can hide in plain sight. Kevin Costner doesn't want to eat, Kevin Costner wants to hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Mate. I like to find, I think I've made Warworld seem a lot more interesting. You know, you know, we talk about like Highlander and it's made all the better because it has the opening crawl. Mm. If that was the fucking opening crawl to Waterworld, <laughs> automatically changed the fucking, yeah. changes the whole theme of this film. <sighs> Speaking of Costner, old Fishman appears on the deck while Deacon and his lackeys are above him in the bridge. Costner demands the girl. They refuse. So Costner lights a flare and very slowly moves towards an open chute to the fuel. No one at this time thinks to shoot him. <laughs> Just let him. <laughs> um, Deacon wants to know why he's doing all of this and Octopus says it's because Elona is his friend. This all leads to the only funny moment of the film at one hour and 51 minutes when the flare is dropped, lands in the pool of fuel and the old man finally gets his comeuppance when he says, thank you, God. <laughs> I liked that. I did. I did laugh. Was you was you cracking up at that point? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not high fiving that. <laughs> <laughs> now there is a massive shootout as the boat explodes. It's very unimpressive. Highlights include Deacon slapping Enola, Hulk Hogan driving straight into a wall. <laughs> Weird, he has loads of times to move. <laughs> Um, then he catches up to Costner and has the jump on him. Now I'd like to point out that Deacon and Costner have only ever actually shared one scene. The the most screen time between villain and hero has been between Hulk Hogan and Costner. So what do you think happens? Well, Costner's nemesis, right, goes to shoot him. Gun's empty. So Costner just turns around and shoots him. What a somehow anti-climax. In what a load of pollocks. Fucking hell, what a load of <laughs> Deacon tries to escape on a plane, so fishy McFish, fish, fish. <laughs> Zip lines down, destroys part of the plane, forcing it to not take off. Somehow this doesn't kill Enola, which is lucky. She's been through a lot in this movie. Yes. yes. Luckily, Gregor arrives on the USS Good Timing and is able to save <laughs> and is able to save the die- day by throwing over a rope and the two climb up. But Deacon grabs on at the last minute, but Helen throws a bottle at his head and he lands in the water. But Deacon isn't done, and he shoots at the hot air balloon, which somehow causes the plane to shift, which knocks Enola out of it. So what I'm trying to say is fucking good shot. The only thing consistent is how good his shooting is. Mm. Um, He knocks Enola into the water. Deacon and two other smokers on jet skis race as fast as humanly possible at Enola, now in the water, from different directions. Luckily, she learns to swim. Mm. Old tuna brains grabs a rope, dives down, and bungee jumps her to safety. Deacon and co. don't slow down and run into each other and explode. What I love about it, this film would be so epic if there wasn't enough rope. And he just dangles. Or if it wasn't a bungee rope. Yeah, it's just like, oh, they broke both his legs. (laughs) Please. Oh, Gregor can now read the map. That was good timing. And they find dry land and everything is amazing, except for old man Gills, who needs to be on the water. So he makes a boat and fucks off. It's shin. It's, oh, mate. (laughs) Yes, you fucking delivered on the end there. Um, yeah, it's shit, isn't it? That, that that whole like ending as well, like with with the, the the crash into each other. 
which is a reoccurring thing in this. Like, right, it's just like, yeah, that 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 guy on a jet ski just fucking crashes into the side of that. Yeah. You know, those two guys, yeah, oh yeah, he turns around, they didn't see each other, they crash it. You're in, there's fuck all around and you're in an ocean. How do you crash into someone else? Apparently time and quite, time again. Quite happens. easily, apparently. Oh, I don't know what's worse. The writers, the directing, I know the director walked out halfway through it. Could you Costner him? signing up to it thinking this was a fucking goldmine of a movie and putting this amount of money into Universal. Who's to blame? I don't know. Audiences for going and watching it. Uh, it's, 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 it's a bad film. And do you know what? It gets a lot of hate. And I was thinking before we were recording this, I was like, would we hate it as much if it wasn't forced down our throat? It's like the most expensive film. Have you accidentally seen it and it was an hour shorter and it was literally just an action flick about set and water? Would it be as bad? Yeah. Yeah. It don't, really would. Don't try it yourself. It is bad. I'm going to say that Kevin Costner gives a, a damp squid of a performance. Mm. He is, he doesn't act. And I think he's got it in his head. It's like, the fish man wouldn't emote. But you think it's a good performance? Oh, I, I guess, I, no. God, no. No, I don't think it's fantastic at all. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, good God. I didn't know where to go. I was between a rock and a hard place with this one. Just get out. <laughs> What happens when a fish spends too much time on his computer? Oh no, we're still going. <laughs> There's a risk of car fall from on. <laughs> That's oh. it. That's the last one. I thought I'd save the rest of the last. Um, it's a shit film. It's a really bad film. Yeah. Um, I've done it now. We've been, it's one of those films that we've been like, um and ah and it was like, it's bad. Can you make anything out of it? No, you really can't. It's a- with any of these, when we did like Super Mario Bros, when we did the Mortal Kombat movie, when we're taking on movies that notoriously, you know, do they, do they do they do they achieve court status? Do they do they, is there something in there that's actually worthwhile? Whether it be, which I like to point out, of all these bad films that we do, there's always a redeeming quality. There is always something at least, like even like which one do you really hate? Mortal Kombat. You, you, it's in some ways it's actually close. So you could argue it's a game adaptation. It might not be for you, but it's close to mm. source material. I don't understand what this. This is the message that don't smoke, don't don't be a fish. I I think that. I think the uh, the other thing, like with movies like Super Mario Brothers, you get the impression that some of the actors no, you could, no, because like Bob Hoskins was drunk like they say yeah. for the, the whole of that film. As you know, Dennis Hopper clearly was in it for the paycheck and nothing more. So at least that has like an era of like, um, I you know, unnecessary. I don't know, maybe maybe like. I, I, I don't know, disingenuine feel to it, mm. but but where you the way the actors feel in on the joke. The problem that makes this so tragic is this film feels like they were all going for Oscars or going for something Dave, way more than what this film is. Maybe, maybe other than Dennis Hopper. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. It feels like they thought there was the next epic. They were going to like, can't wait for World War II. Mm. World War II is going to blow the minds if they love this shit. The problem is it's just a bad film. It's a laughable status. There's no... If there's a cool volume, I'd be surprised because I don't see what's redeemable about it. What, what is good? What is good? Dennis Hopper. There's Hopper. Yep. Some of the set, maybe. Some I, of the think set. It's, I think it's impressive. I, I, think, the, I think the idea... Of, oh, do you know what this is going to sound really weird? The Risk. It was the most expensive film of all time. It was, mm. a war, it was a film set in a post-apocalyptic world of water. Do you know what? It was a risk. And I think even the risk itself was was enjoyable. Yeah. Like, you, they tried to make it. didn't work, but what... what you're some, a big some fan. Of the, some of the effects aren't that bad for, for mid-90s movies. I've seen worse in that in, mm. in that time. But you didn't see the best. Like, so, for mm. example, we got told all time and time again it was the most expensive film ever made at the time. But where was the money? I don't see it. I think the sets were... The, most of the sets, were, they were okay, but they weren't the best. No. Yeah. No. Um, I like that. You're not being coy about it. 
No, I, but I, 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 I'm usually the person that tries to find the positive in, in a, in a, mm. and I, I, I did Hopper. really struggle with this one. I, yes, yesterday I had the choice of watching, watching Waterworlds again in preparation because I watched it, we, you know, we, we record two weeks in advance. So I, I watched this and I thought, do I rewatch it just to refresh it up? Or do I go and install the cat flap that I really need to do? And I don't know if you saw the cat flap, James, when you walked in. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, I really struggled. I think, you know, is it, is it, because, you know, I, with things like Mortal Kombat, I always go back to, I was a fan of the 90s Mortal Kombat film. I know you were. Hmm. I go back to, yeah, but if I was with like three or four, two, two or three mates, one mate, and we had a pizza and we watched it and we enjoyed then I would yeah. enjoy it. But Waterworld, I can't ever see myself being in an environment where I'm like, should we put Waterworld on and order a pizza and just fucking laugh at it? Because I, think, I, I just don't enjoy it. It's I, just I think the, the, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There is an enjoyable quality about watching a bad film with friends. Mm. I'll always go back to when you, myself and Sam watched The Lost Boys. I loved The Lost Boys. I believe it was the first time Sam had seen it. So he thought it was a bit ridiculous and he was like, you know, it was, it was a time, it was a generational thing. I saw it when it was a good movie. Mm. He saw it when it was a bit of a cult laughable movie. But we had fun. The three of us all ate your pizza, at laughing. A whale of a time. Taking us. A... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are we done with them yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then it just it turned into it, this film. There's no quality where you can laugh. So I watched this on my own, and I was like, Esther. You know, so Esther was like, "Do you watch this video?" And I just went, "No, because you'll just hate me a bit more mm. afterwards because you're like you wasted two and a half hours. It, it would be more productive to do something else." And I do, I, I will say this, and I agree with you every week. We say we always appreciate someone when they try something different and they tried something different. It didn't work. And thank Christ, we don't, no one's ever talking about remaking this. No. But weirdly, you could remake this film and for a fraction of the price. I now, think, nowadays, you could. I think they spent too much money marketing. It was the most expensive film ever made. I don't know where they thought their story was. Like, where did, it's not a grand epic. They're trying to find dry land and it, it sounds boring as hell. It's not very good. I think um, I don't know the history with this, but the set, the set was like given to Universal Studios tour, wasn't it? And yeah. Waterworld, the 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 ride, the experience, the interactive experience, I think was well more well received than the movie was. I'm and pretty I can soon, see why. I'm It'd be soon, fun. Yeah, they sold to make some of the money back. They sold all the set over. I think that would be. Don't you think that's more fun? Yeah, that's I, the sort of thing that you'd love to experience. But watching on the big screen, you'd be like. Oh, and so, so you start to think, well, where is the errors? Like, for me, I think the errors in this film is in the writing room. I think this, I don't know how this film was greenlit. Maybe in a, in a time with post-apocalyptic movies, we talked about things like Robocop in the eighties, um, which I know isn't post-apocalyptic, but it had that kind of rundown yeah, Detroit end of, end of days type film. Yeah, and, and Detroit. I think the sorry, I think Demolition Man's a great call when they go underground in Demolition Man. Like, there's certainly themes of that in in certain elements of this. Mm. But what I love is there's a quote here uh, that's on IMDb that. Um, director Kevin Reynolds when he left the project said Kevin Costner should only star in movies he directs that way he can work with his favourite actor and director at the same time <laughs> <laughs> the um, problem is though if you're like Leonardo DiCaprio or I don't know an established actor and they start telling you what mm. to do as a director you'd be like yeah I'll listen to them but at no point will Kevin Costner even as someone who's not working in the movie industry tell me something to do I'll just go go fuck yourself <laughs> Kevin Costner invested 22 million of his own money into this film. And prior to Titanic, it was the most uh, expensive movie ever um, ever produced. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Not for me, but the weirdest thing is it's not a flop because technically it made its money back. It's seen as the biggest flop, but that's uh, that's not true, is it? 
There you go. I think a lot of the trivia around this is, is about how hard Kevin Costner was to work with at the time. So again, um, defamed uh, Josh Whedon uh, flew out to the set to help rewrite the third act, but then described it as seven weeks of hell because Kevin Costner is unworkable. I mean, coming from Josh Whedon, that's a fucking, that's a high <laughs> praise, isn't it? Yeah. It's another one person I can't like anymore. Hey, some good news. After I'm well proud of her as well. After like nine months, Esther's watched all of Buffy. That we should have started the episode with that. That's way more interesting. Yeah, we should have done. But I'm yeah, very proud of her. So uh, we got some things that have overhung from last week because we uh, we knew this the, episode wasn't going to this one going to fill out the fucking whole out uh, the the whole show. We're only fifty five minutes in. Last week we talked about um, mainly the MCU phase hmm. four. We talked about four. Uh, Love and Thunder and we talked about recasting the DCU but what we didn't get time to talk about was a few additional shows that have ended and some that have started so let's just recap uh, what did you think of Stranger Things season 4 so I thought season 4 part 1 was one of the best TV series I've ever seen I think everything worked from his use of Kate Bush to re getting that song back out there young actors who I'm never a big fan of young actors giving performances they had no right giving I do think that that series, and I know last series is the end, and they need to, but purely for the same reasons, I do not believe they're children anymore. But you get... Next season needs to be the college years, doesn't yeah. it? Right. So what I really do like, and what I absolutely adore, is that, you know, there's, there's every series I've noticed, there's a storyline that you don't care about. And in the second series, it's when Elle's been a goth. Mm. This series, there was a toss-up, I thought, between, is it Finn, you know, trying to get, sorry... Uh, Michael trying to get from one side of the place to the other, or is it Russia? And even the weaker storylines were still pretty good. I uh, liked every aspect. See, of it. I, I, that that to me is the biggest single achievement in season four. I, think I really enjoyed season four. I thought it was, it, I, and I can't believe I'm going to say it. I think it justified its run length as well. It's time, you know, so yeah, that, that, that last episode is like two and a half hours long. So I've got to admit, it took me three sittings to do that. So I've got my, I was furious when I, so I've been waiting for it for ages. I had the weekend, it was Esther's birthday. So we had loads of friends over and the house was at, and I was like, I'll tidy up and it'll be my reward. Mm. And I saw it was only two episodes. I was livid. I was like, are you kidding? Two episodes? Oh, me, was I oh, wrong? Of part two. Of part two. Yeah. But wow, what a two episode arc. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I think that hats off to the writers. They've done something incredible with this season. And it's, you know, other seasons have done it as well. And other shows have done it. But I thought to have so many characters and so many storylines to mm. give them all meaning and justice and um, to give them all arcs and, and to make them all interesting. Every time it split from one story to another, I was like, yes, right, cool. Where were these guys? And what were they doing? And, you know, and, and what was happening in Russia? May, maybe the story of, um, you know, that Finn Wolfhard and his characters in a pizza van yeah. across the country was maybe the weakest link. And Well, I do think it, there's a massive dilemma. Now, I will never like the character of Steve, but I know Steve's a big internet darling. But I reckon this series has led up to Steve is dying or... <clears throat> I can't remember his name. The the one. Well, there's a love interest now, isn't it? The love there? interest. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of those is dying. Well, that's the thing as well. Is that Stephen? Sorry, my friend. See, Stephen, season one was not the good guy, was he? And, and yeah. they kind of turned that around because he was an arsehole in that first series. Like he like him spray painting the name all over the cinema. Mm. I just don't think there's any forgivable quality. But apparently, that's just me. The internet, you know, it's the brother. Well, he was the bully in the first season. Wasn't exactly. He? So, but I've got to admit, everyone's brilliant. I still think though. Dustin, mate, Dustin's MVP. I love Dustin. Get him on the screen, get him doing everything. If anything happens to Dustin, I quit. Life. Any in this season. Yeah. I can tell what you want about Kate Bush, but seeing uh, Master of Puppets being played in, in just a fucking. This film, this play, this film, uh, this film, this, this TV show, the, the, there's so many um, 80s 
you know, throwbacks that it gives you. Mm. You know, you, right from you know casting Robert England in it in the in the in the TV in the, show in a series that has heavily taken from Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy yeah. Krueger. But then you've got you know your, your themes of Halloween, your films of um, Poltergeist. You know, right the way through to Back to the Future with the kind of the prom setting. You know, yeah. it, I just found it being such a love letter to the eighties that that I didn't find being you know sickly. Yeah, no, that felt really it. organic and and and. There's a difference because it's set in the 80s where something's trying to replicate the 90s, is what you're trying to say. So a film like Captain Marvel shoves 90s down your throat. It's like, yes, we get it. Just like, oh, in case you didn't know, there's a Nine Inch Nail song. I'm wearing a Nine Inch Nail shirt. Whereas in this, it's the background, mm. the little new ones. It's like The Walkman. It's not frustrating. I, do you know what? I think it was actually a testament to great TV making and long-term booking, long-term payoff. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it was a, a writer's accomplishment in that. I think they should they should lap up awards for making that series come to an end with so many characters and so many actors and characters that in previous seasons have been secondary, bringing them into the forefront. I think, Mm. you know, characters, you know, like Erica as the, as the, um, as a character who's awesome, but now bringing her right into the limelight and having a role in that final and that season finale. And it doesn't help that you, it doesn't know that you've got one of the best villains. Yeah. Vecna is a legit amazing villain. And I think it's very clever how they've tied this into all of the seasons. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where season five goes. I thought Strange Things was a fucking home run for Netflix. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. At a time where I've been thinking of cancelling my Netflix subscription. Mm. Now you've got Cobra Kai in a month, two months. Then you've got Witcher season three possible. You know what? You've 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 done enough to keep me, which is probably So I I just think the other day on Netflix that I've that I haven't really done before, and that is I delved into, so Netflix has got three things and I think one is very lacking at the moment. So Netflix to me is all about three things and that is, it's uh, true crime documentaries mm-hmm. or documentaries, but mainly, mainly true crime, original TV shows, which they, they, they t- tend to be really good at. And then um, Netflix original movies, which is, which is their, but mm, well, it's always been for me a champion because they, they give green lights to new directors. They, they open doorways for new stories you know, and I've always been passionate about like Netflix is a great platform for young storytellers and new writers to kind of get their projects, their passion projects out there mm-hmm. because it doesn't require packing cinemas against films like Ma- like Maverick, which are going to yeah. just swamp you. So I, I've always liked Netflix for that. And I think that is probably the weak link at the moment is the films that they're bringing out are not the strongest, but I've never delved into the true crime stuff. And I started watching their number one uh, show on Netflix this week, which is The Girl in the Picture, which is a true crime mm-hmm. Document, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. How it was all paced and dark and sinister and interesting and intriguing. And it's a rabbit hole of mystery that you go down. It's about a woman whose body's found on the side of the road. Looks like she's been hit by no, a... No, I've seen it. I've, I've seen... Oh, sorry, you're not doing it to me. <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. No, have, you, have you seen it? Uh, no, I mean, I've seen the, you know the description. Purely because you and I record face-to-face. Yeah. Sometimes I just forgot the microphone was here. So you're about to explain something to me. I was like, oh, oh no, no, no. I realised you don't explain to me. Yeah, yeah. To listeners. <laughs> so she's been hit... It looks like a hit and run on the side of the road. Uh, it turns out that, you know, when she goes to the hospital, uh, a gentleman appears claiming to be the husband, that they've got a young kid. Um, when they start to, this character called Tonya, when they start to look into her history, um, it's all jaded. You know, who is this gentleman? Who is the kid that they've got? Uh, when it kind of sparks interest on the local news, someone from far away from, a you know, from years before is like, that's not Tonya, that's a woman called Sharon. Mm-hmm. And it kind of develops this web of like, who was this woman and why does she have so many aliases and who is that bloke and what relation is the, is the kid? And 
honestly, like for, for the first 10 minutes, I was like, I know where this is going. And then the more it started like delving into like, um, you know, like, you know, interviewing a, a, a cop, a sheriff at the time. It's like, yeah, I remember the case, uh, you know, and it, the, the new piece of the puzzle was presented made straight away. I was on that sofa and I was like, this is what them true crime nuts love. What's and this? I, it's called The Golden Picture. It's really, really good. I'm doing a BBC uh, Sounds documentary podcast <clears throat> about a staircase. But there's a famous case in America where they are, where that woman died after she fell down the, down the staircase, but then it's implied that actually her husband did it only because they turned it into, it's an Atlantic. This is the Colin Firth. And they've turned, they've turned it into a TV series. So they've re-released the podcast. The podcast is brilliant, but I actually want to listen to the podcast before I watch the TV series. Mm. So that's really cool. Sorry. I was just no, no, that's fine. No, the, uh, recommendations, James. That's really I've got a good recommendation then. Mm. If you've got two and a bit hours to kill and you want to see something truly epic, truly amazing, truly inspiring, I'm going to read you the cast list. So Ben Schertzner, George McKay, Andrew Scott, Bill Nye, Dominic West, Emilda Staunton, uh, Joseph Gilgon, Paddy Constantine and Faye Marseille. We're going to be talking about the 2017 film Pride, which... Paddy, Paddy Constantine. So I'm just going to say here, so this is based on true story. It, Sorry. That's right. Based on true story, the film depicts a group of lesbian and gay activists who started raising uh, money to help families affected by the British miners' strike in the 80s. Um, basically, it's, it's what would become the lesbian and gay support the miners' campaign, a famous campaign. But So the uh, Gay and Lesbian Alliance raised some money and they're invited to this Welsh town and... At the off start, people don't like the fact that they're being supported by gays and lesbians. They find it embarrassing. They're trying to, you know, the strikers movement is a male movement. Andrew Scott's from a Welsh town who was denied. His mum rejected him because when he came out as gay. There's also elements of the AIDS crisis, the AIDS epidemic. Uh, and I've got to say, if I'd seen this film, oh, sorry, 2014. If I'd seen this film in 2014, it would be my probably one of my favourite films of 2014. It is a tour de force, amazing film. Make you feel things, make you question things. And I don't know how you feel about Dominic West, but I feel like when Dominic West brings it, Dominic West is actually one of the best actors. But the problem is Dominic West doesn't always bring it and he picks bad films. But in a film like this, he's perfect. He, he owns a shop with Andrew Scott. They're a couple. Their chemistry is undeniable. I want to be with them. I want to be their adopted child. I love Andrew Scott. Mm. Dominic West, like, so we're talking The Wire. Obviously, as, as, that's the best the thing. Top. But then... Punisher Warzone. Punisher Warzone yeah, is the so, other one. So there's a spectrum there. Yeah. Andrew Scott, I love, though. Andrew Scott, I think everything he's been in, um, he's got a great voice. Yeah, he does. Great voice. He does. He, and do you know what? He's got big, wide eyes that make you feel sorry for him instantly. Mm. But he's going to surprise you here because you know how much I hate Umbridge. But... Emilda Staunton, mate. Say every week. Emilda Staunton is so good as like everyone's mum. She's welcoming. But you know me, I've got a soft spot, mate. Bill Nye and Paddy Constantine. It is a tour de force of British talent. So we always talk about old films. Oh, I celebrate British talent. Pride, the film you need to see. It's on Netflix. It it makes your heart warm and and your soul sore. A great film. Great celebrates Britishness. It's heartbreaking in points. It makes you question things. Makes you love again. <laughs> oh, mate, love it. I watched that in a hobby. I remember this because I was quite... Uh, there were actors that I've discovered, not discovered, but I've come to learn of since, like Andrew Scott being one of those. That mm. I, I, like, I think until movie, until probably Sherlock and Moriarty and 
for a flea bag and then obviously like oh, he's so good in flea bag the fact that he can also see the four four breaks yeah I love that so that that now his like as a historical thing I would probably go back and watch some of his catalogue George McKay that we talked about last week about recasting the Justice League and mm. George McKay is one of those that could easily fall into oh, your flash is a good shout you know flash character or uh, or cyborg Green Lantern you know George McKay's I mean, it's great. 1917 was a fucking epic movie. It was an epic film. Epic, epic film. Good actor, good actor. Pride, I'll check that out. I think, I remember seeing the reviews come through at the time and I think it was because of George McKay because I think he was starting to make, make kind of headlines and stuff. Um, I, what I love about it as well is the smash of generations. <clears throat> the, the new open colors like McKay, but Bill Nye does never, never lets himself down. Mm. Even in those films I can't stand, which everyone seems to love, uh, the vampire ones, they're fighting Wolverines. Underworlds and stuff. He's still over the top, hammy, like hammer horror villain. Mm. Give it to him, mate. He's still giving it top dog. But Pride was genuinely a beautiful story. I was doing something at the time and Esther put it on in the background. And you know what? Five minutes in, my laptop was on the floor. I was, I was involved. And it was a great film. Absolutely fantastic. And it's on Netflix. Wow. So if you've on Netflix, check out Pride. Let me know what you think. I'm proud to like Pride. There you go. Uh, Resident Evil. Oh. Well, so it split the audience it split critics and the audiences critics are saying it's the best Resident Evil adaptation but I don't games. think that's that difficult no no, no <laughs> literally when, it, when, when the title screen was when, it, when I pressed play on the first episode like the the opening shot the opening scene the opening crap I was like this is better than Resident Evil yeah. before anything had happened I was like the, yeah, yeah the bar the, the bar was low James the bar was low water world not that low but pretty low and so critics have quite praised the Resident Evil uh, new Netflix show which is eight episodes released uh, last week uh, whereas the fans have not been too kind to it what did you think? Um, so I'm six episodes in and I'm lost I don't understand but the thing is I've been I haven't fallen asleep I haven't missed an episode Six episodes in, and I'm confused as hell. There's a problem. They've got two storylines running, um, so two different time periods. So you see the character of, uh, I can't remember her name, Wesker's daughter. So, um, uh, Jade. Jade Wesker. So you see her post-apocalypse. She's doing some work, trying to work out if there's like a hierarchy to zombies, that type of thing. Trying to work out, because she says something in the first episode, it's not about exterminating them, it's about living alongside them. Like the COVID pandemic or something like that. It's not about exterminating, it's about living alongside zombies. That's how we that's how we thrive as a species. There's also another scene, uh, the, the other timeline, which is set as she's a teenager, as her dad, Albert Wesker, is working for the Umbrella Organization. And I don't care. I don't care about this teenage drama of my dad doesn't love me. I don't, I've, I haven't really played Resident Evil. I'm sure there's not a scene where you like have to get like the cute, you have to fit in with the cool characters or the cool kids it's got. I don't get why everyone likes it so much. Is he playing the long game? Possibly. He's playing the long game for two or three seasons. And to do that, it needs to give you the foundation of this is how the outbreak happened. This is how Umbrella was exposed as a pharmaceutical company that was mm. shady, that was dealing in, you know, uh, bringing products onto the market that were not tested, were not reliable, and are corporates and are an evil organization. Does it need to lay that foundation though? And the best way to do that is what I'm amazed at, and I'll put it out there right now, is that how so this film, this TV series starts and it, it shows you the um, outbreak and it says 14 years later. Mm. Now, with it being set in London, they missed a massive trick not saying 28 years later. Yeah. Because then straight away you've got 28 days, 28 weeks, 28 years, let's go. Like that, that, that to me, straight away I was like, make it 28 years after. And have this as some kind of weird unofficial sequel to those movies. I hate that. 
Did you? I, I, I think, I'm only three episodes in, so I, I'm not, I, I don't like. I think the problem is I'm so lost. I'm going to have to rewatch it, but I don't know what I've missed. Or it's not one of those things. It's like the questions it teases you. I genuinely don't understand what's happening. I I, I like the idea of you showing the story post and the story during because at some point you'll you'll catch up with what happened and it'll be amazing. But there's this guy, for example, who in the present works for works for Umbrella. He's just an annoying dick bag. It's not, I, I, there's not, I don't get it. But then I'm going to say it now. I'm not a huge Resident Evil game fan. I don't, I really liked the creepy one. Is it Resident Evil 6? Seven. Seven. Yeah. That was really cool. I haven't played the next one, but I, based on seven, I do want to see the eighth one. I don't want to play the eighth one. But other than that, I don't know who these characters are. I never liked the films anyway. And you know, I hated the films. I, the films have a special place in my heart for, the first one, I, I still don't mind the first one. The first one set up like that. Like, 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 so I'm, I'm a Resident Evil gamer. I, I mm. loved all of it. I did, six I didn't get on with. But they do. But all the others I've, I've pretty much connected with. I'm, I'm the guy that 100%'s them, um, played them back to front, done all the extended. Like Resident Evil to me is like, he's probably, before Uncharted came along, mm. it was probably the game that I played the most growing up. But so you're like this. So in a later series, someone hides a message in a piano. So you have to play the piano in a certain way, which I yeah. assume is a puzzle from the game. But it doesn't make sense in the context of this TV series. Um, yeah. So I'm not. I'm not that far ahead. I, what, what I will say though is that, is that I think with the, with the with the films, they they hold a special place in my heart in the fact that they are so shoddy and crappy. And Milojovic mm. is wasted talent in what is otherwise a, a, a all it is is the Dog's name Resident Evil, film, yeah. yeah. And you can't just keep slapping an umbrella logo on everything and make it a fucking Resident Evil Oh, just film. get characters that don't go for the characterising in the game. It's just like, oh, this is Barry. Oh, Barry is dead. I'm <laughs> two episodes in, and the two episodes that I've seen, one thing I will say is I don't get what the, the deal is with the zombies in mm. the sense that they're the George Romero brain-dead zombies, which we know in the games, but mm. they run... So they're 28 is, weeks later style. There is a really cool bit where she explains the eyes, which I really like because I've never seen a zombie. She goes, they smell you. Yes, they don't the, see the, you. The I hearing's liked, gone. The, the eyes are gone. It's the smell that's heightened. But I really liked that explanation. I yeah. thought that was really cool. And it's like, it's big, just like in the summer you smell more so that you'll have more. I thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And there's a big bug in the first episode, which is very much in kind of the games, you know, when, when you've done a couple of the, the lazy zombies, you come across a, Buddy, a boss level, mm. you know, and there's, you know, it's always a mutated moth or a mutated bee or whatever it is. So I, I was like, okay, okay, this is this is all right. It, it's it's very Netflixy at the moment, but then mm. Netflix have produced so many good seasons, like Stranger Things that we talked about. This didn't feel high budget when I was yeah. watching the first episode. I was like, this feels a bit. I feel like, sorry, I've interrupted. No, no, no. no, no oh, I was just so, but what I really what irritates me is like Lance Henrik, I believe, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. He's brilliant. I've, he's well, he's one, awesome in everything. Well, one I really like the actor, but I was gonna say. Him as Albert Wesker, I was like, the only thing I know from Albert Wesker is the Resident Evil films that we saw. I was like, well, he turns into a bit of a joke, doesn't he? So they can bring old Game of Thrones lad back. But he turns into a joke by the end of that. And I like the fact that he's nothing like this. But at the same time, I don't I don't know what's going on. So I guess it's quite, fr- do you know what it is? That's the word, it's frustrating. Watching yeah, it. and I'm not against them, like, changing the character of Wesker using the name. Like, Wesker in the games, I think the first game he's part of your platoon that stormed the mansion and then towards the end of the game you realise he's the villain and But you know in the you know in the in the film that came out earlier this year, the Wesker character isn't even he's nothing like that. Hmm. It's, it's I just I don't I'm not against that. I'm not against I'm not against when films or TV shows take a character and completely change them. I know some people are dialed fans and that are purists and they're like, no, you can't do that. And I'm not saying do that to the extreme. I'm not saying like, you know, create a Clark Kent that is literally hmm. just a just just a reporter. You know, like but in this instance, like it's Resident Evil, there's loads of room to play with it. 
two episodes in, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think it's bad, but I, I, I'm really shocked to think like this, this should be a big, big show it is, and it, it doesn't is, feel big. It is cheap. Actually, you know, you said that it is a bit cheap. I just don't care. Mm. I, the lady actually, they've got a villain who I don't know if you've seen it in the first two episodes. I can't remember her name. Oh, Alicia Marquez. Yeah. She, uh, the actress who's playing her is having a load of fun and she's very good. But I believe that she's that evil. But she's, but other than that, not that interested. I, yeah. Resident Evil, not for me, but then I'm sure there's people out there that probably do like it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll finish it out. I'll see the full eight episodes. Then and, you can explain um, it to me. Then, then, <laughs> then I'll see if it's, um, I don't know, two episodes in, it's too early to judge, but yeah. I just, I, I thought, I thought this... Hasn't got you. I felt like this show was going to come out swinging. Mm. I thought this show was going to be like, remember them films that everyone liked, even the people that went to the cinema and even the people that bought it on DVD, knowing they are bad, but they're good bad or they're bad bad or whatever it is that they're watching it. I thought Netflix were going to bring out and be like, this is the fucking show you wanted. Especially with a revamped film as well that's just come out. Yeah. I thought Netflix were going to be like, we've got this, guys. Hold my beer. We've got this. And I'm like, this ain't any better. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's not worse, but it's not any better. Mm. Um, Let's talk about a show, though, that has ended on an absolute high and continues to thrill, uh, shock, and excite audiences. And that is the incredible Amazon Prime original series, The Boys, which has just finished season four, starring Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr. Um, what a fucking show. What a series this has been. Um, I, I, I'll i admit, I, I rewatched season... No, what we're we just done three, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, three. Yeah, series three has just happened. Just done three. Yeah. Right, so I rewatched season two in preparation for uh, season three. Re, re, re-loved the second season. Like, yeah. It's just so much fun. But, I was forgetting the second one that he's close to suicide. When I rewatched it, it's like, oh, yeah. man, I forgot that how he's, Huey is literally right at the end of his tether. But I, I'll admit, watching, uh, <laughs> fucking watching this show, watching uh, the newest season, it's a show that, Oh, I don't know. These shows come along I tell every you now what, and again. This is one of the, this is one of the TV series I was most wrong about because I was like, Frenchie's got to die, Mother's Milk's got to die, all these characters have got to die. Oh fuck me, I was wrong. I think they will eventually. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> there's only so long you know, the humans can kind of Shit, last sorry. in the in the super world, super superhero world. But um, for a, for a show that consistently pushes the bar on what what is you what you well <laughs> not even acceptable, James, because you could argue that it still isn't. But for a show that continues to push the boundaries of what you've seen, the boys is. I fucking love it. I, I'll admit, I gush over this show. Is this a great show? You've got Carl Urban in probably the role he was born to play. And I, and Anthony Starr has made himself a star. I didn't know anything about before this, but he has turned himself he into... He needs to win awards for he's Homelander. He's so good. Homelander is, Homelander is a scary character. And what he does at the end of this series blows my mind. Because obviously... It's scarier than Thanos at this point. It's, it's scary as well, because he does the one thing that you've been... You've been you're like, he'll never do that. He did it, and the crowd love him. And you, the problem is, when it happened, I was at an audience. Go, they're going to cheer him. Mm. And sorry, shit, have I gone spoilers? No, the show, the show would have been out for three weeks by oh, time. So the fact that he, he kills someone because they throw a bottle at his son's head, and he just turns around, and kills him, and the crowd cheer. And I was like, fuck, because what you've got is you've got a great parallel to like now the political dilemma here now. Like, there's nothing stopping Homelander from being mm. Homelander. And Homelander was a scary character, and what I absolutely adored. Was like you always get nervous when there's a show you love and they add a character. But Jensen Ackles as fucking Soldier Boy, wow, what mm. a character and a cast to add. The, the only, right, so just on the two points, the last episode I thought was super brave. Yes. So it did something that like it kind of gave you the idea that like 
let's say Donald Trump and the whole uh, storming, um, you know, on, on January the 6th, Capitol, the yeah. Capitol, if he did own up to it and he was like, he condoned it and he, and he had, he had the, you know, he, he went on national TV or on a national platform and was like, fuck yes, because we're Republicans and we do this kind of shit. And yeah. that's how that show ended, didn't it? It was kind of like, did something out of anger, was loved for it. And now see the next season, there's no and then, holds barred. And like, then you see his son smile. Yeah. Like, and that, that's the second sinister thing, isn't it? Yeah. The son realizes what power is, what power is, but you got to go back to the old, there's this thing don't you that power is power is the choice not to use those mm. um, you know but um that that's scary in its own right where it kind of because i thought the sun was going to be the link to killing homelander yeah I, and, and it may still be it may still be that they, they, um, they'll have to get that the sun billy board. talks him round and then because i think the sun is the truly powerful one out of all of these it always seems i do i do get the implication that the bloodline that starts from soldier boy gets stronger after each one i think i think that's how it goes don't you think though that this is dark difference and maybe 40 years of torture will do this to a person don't you think there's a stark difference between the soldier boy that you see in the flashbacks to the soldier boy that is now in modern day in the sense that the flashbacks you only see they were like him in something but in the in the in the in the past in the 60 years or whatever it is that he's been gone in the past they make it out like he was a proper fucking douche like proper douche yeah and in the future, I can't help but side with him in the sense that he's he's seeking revenge on the people that condoned him to a lifetime of torture. He's still a douche, though, isn't he? It's, it's more of like it's what I really love about this is. And I, I get that he kills innocents and stuff, so I I, I don't agree with him. But he's he's, he's more like not likable. I but. don't know. He's more the ends justifies the means. So if he has to kill innocents, he will because he wants one thing. But what I really like about it and the character is is what is what Captain America is not brave enough to do. He's like that's like the idea is like. A man doesn't take uh, depressants. You know, he has a go at Huey. He's like, you're not even a man. You know, he's like, mm. he's proper like, he's, it's his words he uses as an absolute dick. And I love the fact that he got like, the character of Black Noir and doesn't speak verbalized, uh, verbalized. So in his head, just plays cartoon characters. Yeah. And that was a great scene as well. I, do you know what? I, I, I love the boys. I think it's phenomenal. I do feel I was entering some sort of end game because I don't, I worry about the series running out of ideas, running out of steam. And American TV series don't always, they don't end the best. I'll always use 24. 24 had three golden series. Mm. Started losing the plot and then it never recovered it. I think The Boys though is the is maybe the show, the show, other than Breaking Bad, which I think Breaking Bad knew where it was going all the way through yeah, it. To be fair, and and it stuck show. the landing. But it's very rare that happens. Like yeah, very, very rare, yeah, very, very rare. I think The Boys is the, the TV show where if we go back to the writer's room, mm. the, you know, in my head, the writer's room, that sweaty room full of Red Bull cans and typewriters and smoke, I find the boys' writer's room is they are very much fucking in control. And they're like, if we need to go to DEFCON 10, we'll, we'll fucking, we'll, if, if, to, if to excite audiences is to do that thing, we will do it. They'll yeah. be, they're, they're the show that I don't think will be shy or will hide, you know, doing the brave thing. Like Homelander wins. Like yeah. Homelander is like, fuck it. and just blows up earth. And I know it's restricted by the, the by the graphic novel, but it has. Oh, it's not though. It's taken but it massive taken, liberties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's gone on its own path now. It definitely has. If you if you that's the one thing they say is they're nothing alike. Like the character of Soldier Boy, nothing like the character well, so, in the in the graphic novel. Soldier Boy and and Homelander end up having sex, don't they? I think it's more it's forced as a way of humiliating him. I think I'm right. not entirely sure. And Black but Noir like, is a but Black Noir is he's a the, Homelander clone. It's Homelander clone because he's the failsafe if Homelander ever turns on them. And mm. the the main villain at the end of Boys is um, Billy. 
He's he's when the series ends, he's the villain. But you can see that in this show. You can, but then I'm kind of hoping they don't do that because if they do that, I think the series is over. Well, the, so does that make sense? Because well, I, I think I, there is a, there's an end coming to. Sorry, oh, micro excitement, my friend. I'm really apologize. There is an arc coming to Billy's story in the last episode, isn't yeah. there? There's a timeline now that we need to work towards. So whether or not the end game is in season four, I think they'll go hard or go home. I think they'll go to this. I think series five and done, mm. and I and do I kind of hope it's series five and done because I I shows out stay there shows out stay there welcome, and it's like you know, it's coming out in a few months. Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai needs to end soonish because those actors are no not child, children anymore. Needs the boys to has got a spin off as well, hasn't it? I've heard this. It's the college. It's the it's like the college for superheroes. No, I've heard it. Set know. in the same world as the boys. Yeah. So hopefully then, hopefully. American Pie, but superheroes. I hate that idea. <laughs> I, I hear that idea. I felt dirty saying it. <laughs> but no, I think Boys is probably one of the best things on TV at the moment. I, I do. That I, and Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, the Boys. I I, I must think, like, I was thinking about this the other day, like, n- not since, like, Breaking Bad was special. Uh, True Detective was special. Mm. 24 was special. Yeah. There's certain TV shows that have come along that, that really- I've just connected to. Yeah. And I do think the boys is that is the like let, let, let's see now like they were like look you can only watch one of these the season finale of the boys of Stranger Things mm-hmm. I probably would have gone with the boys really I think so <laughs> it, do you know what had it been po- pre season four I would have agreed with you but I ju- I just needed to see how season four of Stranger Things ended and I wasn't disappointed yeah it's poison chalice there next I don't actually do, do I do I agree with what I said I, I, I don't know there's just something about watching the boys recently where I, I just genuinely thought this is so rare that you get a show like this nowadays that it just doesn't give a fault and just it's just like fuck it let's do it and if they pull us they pull us like you know I really want to watch the season two of Invincible I really like Invincible but I like the idea of these superheroes because I'm sick of my superhero fatigue doesn't extend to different takes on superheroes so Invincible to me was brilliant watching mm. that. The Boys has been quite the treat. Yeah. Yeah, Invincible was good actually, wasn't it? And I've got to say, The Boys ending is, is, is August is a dry month, mate. But then September, mate, the next series of Cobra Kai. Esther is at home right now watching Cobra Kai, getting her up to speed, mate, for what can only be a fucking amazing series. And uh, Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. I, I genuinely not that interested when compared to Cobra Kai. Really? Yeah, go Cobra Kai all the way. If I have to choose one thing to watch for the rest of time, at the minute it's Cobra Kai. I'm so jizzed up, mate. Jazzed out. Cobra Kai. I think that's our show. Yeah, do you know what? I want to end on a positive. I don't want to... Chris Pratt's thing is a bit dry. Terminalist. It's a bit dry. That's our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for downloading. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe. If we've been talking bollocks for the last hour and 25 minutes let us know write to us on twitter write to us on social media s-y-i-m-s underscore podcast on all social media sites uh if you agree with anything if you just got any comments if you want to do a future episode or you want to uh su- suggest something that we could do do write into us uh but like i say if you like it subscribe leave us a review that'd be great that's been episode 206 of the 206 podcast where we did the boys stranger things and <laughs> what Ward. If we don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.